Welcome to the brand new Patriots and Pinstripes podcast, the official podcast of the New York Yankees AA affiliate Somerset Patriots. And the Patriots have won it! Somerset! My name is Mark Schwartz. On this show, I'll cover all things Somerset Patriots and New York Yankees, from the organizational structure all the way down to the prospects, the AA Northeast League, and everything in between. Another week gone by in Patriots land. So this week on the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast, we break down Somerset's last series in Bridgewater against the Akron Rubber Ducks. We'll also look forward to the biggest and most important series of the season coming up on the road against the Bowie Bay Sox. And finally, we'll check in with Patriots pitching coach Daniel Moscos. That's all coming up next on the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Who wants to play baseball? Let's go! Yes, sir! Woo! Hey there, everybody. Brandon Pelter with Mark Schwartz. Mark Somerset coming off of a six-game split with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Akron still the top team in the AA Northeast League. Somerset was hoping to gain a little ground. They weren't able to do so, but they didn't lose any games, and they're just a half game behind Bowie for that second-place spot. So not maybe not the best outcome, but also certainly not the worst. Yeah, I mean, that's how you have to look at this week, right? I mean, going in, we had talked on last week's podcast about how it was important to take four of six so that you could at least find a way to gain one game on Akron, and they weren't able to do that. You know, there was a couple of games, which we'll dive into more detail about, the games that they probably let slip away, and, you know, this week could certainly look a lot different than how it ultimately came out. But on the other hand, you know, it's not the worst-case scenario, and, you know, you can only tread water for so long, right? And, you know, right now the Patriots are treading water. They're a half game behind Bowie for that second playoff spot, and, of course, um, a big series, a huge series coming up this week down in Maryland. Uh, but they tread water this week, and you know they're still within striking distance. And going up against a team that they hadn't seen yet this year, a team that has the best overall record in the league, it could have been a lot worse. So to tread water and still split that six-game series is okay for the time being, but you know now you only have three weeks left, and you have to start to pick up some games eventually. Well, another week in August, and the Patriots with some more big league rehab appearances as well. Corey Kluber got the start on Tuesday night. Joe Urshela in the lineup early in the week. And then on Sunday, to cap things off, Gleyber Torres here as well. This torrid stretch of big names coming to TD Bank Ballpark has continued. It certainly has. And, you know, look, Corey Kluber and his two starts here going back to early August and then this past Tuesday uh, wasn't at his sharpest. Uh, it was another tough inning in the first for Kluber this time around, allowing a couple of runs and allowing the first four men to reach, including another hit-by-pitch. That's now three hit-by-pitch uh, that he's thrown in his time here in Somerset. But he settled down uh, after that first inning, ultimately went three and two-thirds. I think he wanted to go a little bit further in that ball game, then three and two-thirds. Uh, but his final line, two runs over those three and two-thirds, three and two-thirds. Could have been a lot worse considering how tough a start it was uh, for him. In terms of Gio Urshela, he went three for four uh, on his first start with the Patriots a couple of Sundays ago, the final game over in Altoona. And then this week, he got the start on Tuesday, had a base hit in his first at bat, ultimately finished that night uh, one for four with a hit by pitch. So uh, not a huge impact for Urshela this series, but Gleyber Torres on Sunday 
in the last game of the series certainly had a big impact for the Patriots. He hit, he hit leadoff, made a really nice defensive play in the top of the first inning, which we shouldn't really overlook because that was the first out, or rather second out recorded by Somerset in that inning. And they were struggling already. Four runs, you know, were, were coming across and a, a big out there from Gio Urshela defensively. And then, of course, he had a huge home run uh, in the bottom of the third inning, uh, which is what a lot of the fans came here to see. He ultimately reached base three times in his four plate appearances. He was one for two with the home run and a couple of walks. Strong defensive play, and uh, it was a lot, a lot of fun to see Torres here on Sunday. And offensively for the Patriots, thought a, a couple of names really stepped up in an important time. The two that come to mind for me, Josh Bro, 8 for 26 this week with three home runs, really got that power swing back. And Dermis Garcia reached base in every game but one. That was on uh, Saturday night, Garcia hitting 261 this week and reached base at a 320 clip. Yeah, so, you know, for Josh Bro to start off, he at one point had a seven-game hit streak. He did not hit Saturday night, and the Patriots only had three hits in that ball game against Akron, uh, but then came back and had another big home run in, in Sunday's ball game. and we're seeing his batting average uh, continue to climb further and further north, and it was a tough start for Bro at the double-A level when he first got over to Somerset, but we had seen the power here and there, but what's been promising is that he's been stringing together some multi-hit games in addition to the power, and he's been consistently batting third in the order for the Patriots. I would imagine that's where he's going to stay throughout the rest of the season. So to see him put together a high batting average this week, hitting 308 over six games in addition to the three home runs, is certainly promising. And for a guy like Dermis Garcia, we've talked so much about what he could bring to the table if he was able to get on base consistently. Well, another strong week for him at least relative to some of the weeks that he put together earlier in the season. 261 batting average, 6 for 23 from the plate. Uh, had a home run, 3 RBI. Still struck out 6 times, uh, but a 320 on base percentage. Even those 6 strikeouts, though, is below the pace where he was at for a lot of this season and striking out nearly half of his at-bats. He had 23 at-bats, only struck out 6 times. Um, so a better pace for Garcia. He seems mm -hmm. to be more confident at the plate. Putting the ball in play, he's drawing some walks as well, um, which is certainly promising. And, uh, you know, at, in the middle of the order, he is leaned on as a power producer, as a run producer. And uh, now that he's adding the ability to get on base with a little bit more consistency, uh, should be big for Somerset over the final three weeks of the season. And on the pitching side of things, especially from the starters, the Patriots had some really strong starts. I mean, just looking through the numbers here, you can almost go down and call out nearly every name in the rotation. But uh, Johnny Brito, six and a third, just allowed two earned runs. Luis Medina probably looked his sharpest that we've seen him all year, a career high in 12 strikeouts after he hadn't walked a batter in his previous two games. A really long streak without a walk there for Medina. He walked four, but they were all later in the appearance, and they were lengthy at bats. It wasn't an instance where Medina just kind of lost command. Ken Waldachuk really strong through five innings, allowing two runs, and Randy Vasquez, although six runs scored in his Patriots debut, only two Two were earned. He had to battle through three errors from his defense and also just a, a misjudged ball by the umpire, which should have been out of play and a runner shouldn't should not have scored. It should have been a ground rule double. Instead, they missed the call. They said the ball was still in play and the run did score. So you could take off four, maybe even five of those six runs in Vasquez's debut. Well, you, you certainly can. And, you know, it, I think a common denominator is 
in uh, this week and, and how it shaked out for the Patriots was they had struggles in the first inning, mm-hmm. right? I mean, consistently across the board, going back to Tuesday, Corey Kluber allowed two runs in the first inning. Ken Waldachuk on Wednesday, two runs in the first inning. Luis Medina, as you mentioned, probably the best start that we saw for the entire week, and we'll get into him a little bit more. Uh, he allowed two runs, but that came in the fifth inning. But then Johnny Brito allowed a solo home run in the first and settled down really well after that. Uh, Randy Vasquez had more trouble the later he went in. That's the one outlier for the week. And then uh, Hayden Wesneski, four runs in the first inning you know, this week as well. So the common denominator, denominator there being with the Patriots pitchers struggling before they really were able to get things going. And, and that's been the case now for, for quite some time. I mean, look at what Johnny Brito's done in his three starts at home. Each time he's allowed quite literally two runs in the first inning. Uh, aside from this last one where he allowed only one run and then pretty much blanked his opponent from that point on. Uh, so it's about getting off to those stronger starts. Ken Waldachuk has had that same issue lately. Hayden Wesneski allowed four runs in the first inning on Sunday. Uh, but by and large, this is a Patriots pitching staff where you feel really confident when these guys go out on the mound. I mean, there's not much to not feel confident about because each guy, you know, we've seen Wesneski put together a tremendous month of August. We've seen flashes from Johnny Brito where he's retired 17 batters in a row and has looked dominant. Uh, we finally saw another flash from Luis Medina and what he can bring to the table in terms of his pure stuff. Ken Waldachuk has had streaks where he's looked really impressive as well. And even Randy Vasquez, you know, snapping off that curveball that was so impressive, he looked good. And then you have Sean Semple, who's a potential starting pitcher as well, which I'm sure we'll get to. Uh, and he was brilliant once again coming out of the bullpen. So every pitcher that Somerset brings out onto the mound, you have reasons to be optimistic about the performance they're going to put out there. You mentioned Semple. He piggybacked off of Randy Vasquez. That came on Saturday night. And after Vasquez went four and two-thirds, Semple shut out the rubber ducks over four and a third, allowed just to hit. I mean, he continues to be so impressive for the Patriots. And it almost reminds you of that Jansen Junk, J.P. Sears tandem we saw at the start of the year. Well, I mean, for Sean Semple, after that relief appearance, uh, since his July 22nd return to Somerset, he is 4-0 with a 1.85 ERA. That's only seven earned runs over 34 innings. Uh, And if you look at just his time as a relief pitcher, four relief appearances since he's come back to Somerset, just two earned runs over 17 innings of work. That is a 1.06 earned run average. So, you know, the conversation then becomes where does he bring the most value to the team and what works best for him in terms of his development, right? And, uh, you know, you can make an argument that he brings a lot of value to the team as a relief pitcher. I'm sure if you spoke with him, and I know you've had a couple of opportunities too, that, you know, starting is certainly a goal. And uh, he's performed quite well as a starting pitcher as well. Uh, But it, it becomes difficult, especially at this time of the year, where Julio Mascara and the Yankees are trying to get everyone as much work consistently as they can. And they clearly felt that Randy Vasquez has proved enough at the high A level with Hudson Valley that they wanted to see him with a bigger challenge here at the double A level. And so it's hard to envision that Randy Vasquez is not going to be in the rotation because of that recent transfer. So where does that leave Sean Semple? Possibly as a piggybacking relief pitcher uh, once a week, which 
might not be his ideal role, but if that is his role moving forward, we've already seen evidence that it, he can be very successful doing that. Well, a lot of positives from this last week's series, but not everything was butterflies and rainbows. I mean, the Patriots set themselves up well. They took two of the first three, but then they dropped two of the final three games in the series. So the Patriots had a really good opportunity taking one more. They put themselves in a good position, but they just couldn't follow through. And in fact, they dropped two in a row, and then on Sunday, they were down for most of that ball game. It took the Patriots six home runs and uh, tying a season high of three in the eighth inning to take the lead and uh, eventually go on to win that ball game. So Somerset really just skated out of there with a split. Yeah, they did, and we talked about it early in the day on Sunday as well, that this has been a, uh, a tendency for the Patriots, at least in the month of August, where there's been times where they've started off the series hot and then have fallen into a bit of a lull and have had to find a way to work their way back and at least try to salvage a, uh, a split of the series. And considering how important this series was for both teams, uh, you know, a lot of work needed to be done on Sunday. And, you know, I, I go back to that Altoona series and there was a, a couple of low moments specifically in that three-game skid the Patriots had where they lost on a walk-off home run, they were shut out the next night, and then they were um, handily, handedly beaten by an 11-3 score. And it seemed like a low point in the season for them, and they bounced back with a couple of big wins. And, uh, you know, for the Patriots, in this two-game skid that they suffered this week against Akron, it's tough to bounce back from that because those were two games where you know, the Patriots had opportunities, specifically Friday night, um, having that offer with runners in scoring position and a game going into extra innings when you had a chance to take the lead in the seventh, you had a chance to win it in the ninth, and then you weren't able to score either in the tenth as well. And then to follow that up with a dud where you're limited to just three hits, the fewest amount of hits you've had in a game this season, um, it's easy to sort of let that, you know, take you down a couple of pegs. And it's tough to bounce back, but Somerset, to their credit, six home runs in the ball game on a Sunday after falling behind a four nothing early, and uh, it was the most home runs that the Patriots have hit as a team in a single game this season. Uh, I'm actively trying to figure out if it's the most home runs they've hit in a single game in the history of the franchise. We'll get to that in a little bit later, but uh, certainly a a big moment for the Patriots. Well, while we're trying to find that out, there was a some franchise history and a record set. This past week, the Patriots, as a pitching staff, uh, set a new total in strikeouts for a single season. They surpassed the 2016 high of 1,080. And I think to put this into perspective now, the Patriots in years past were playing a 140-game schedule. Somerset this year will only play 119. They still have 18 games left to go in that 119-game schedule, and they've already surpassed 1,100 strikeouts that's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows the level of talent that's uh, coming through the Yankees organization right now and how the game of baseball is trending. That uh, You know, the previous high for the Patriots was in 2016, and this year they've blown it out of the water. And we've seen some really, really impressive strikeout performance from these pitchers. And that's the way the baseball game is, is going. I mean, you see these guys that are so talented and uh, are racking up strikeout numbers, and sometimes the walk numbers will be up as well, and the home run numbers uh, will be up as well. But, you know, the, the way that these pitchers are being taught and the way that the catchers are emphasizing receiving and trying to steal strikes, uh, that's how the game is moving forward. 
and the Patriots have been the beneficiary of a strong uh, depth in the pitching department in the New York Yankees organization. A really nice job done by Patriots pitching coach Daniel Moscos, and we'll get to his conversation uh, a little bit later. So overall, it's been you know such an impressive year from for Patriots pitchers. And just to circle back, uh, the home runs for the Patriots six on Sunday was one shy of tying a uh, a franchise record. They had seven home runs back on July twenty eighth, nineteen ninety nine against the Newark Bears. So one shy of a franchise record, but still nonetheless very impressive. It was ridiculous that five of the six home runs were just solo shots. If that's a little different, another runner on here and there, it's a totally different feeling ball game. But the Patriots did escape with a win and a series split against the Akron Rubber Ducks, who they'll face in just a couple weeks down in Akron to close out the season. That's shaping up to be a really important series. But... What Mark and I both agree is the most important series of the season is next week against the Bowie Bay Sox. We'll break that one down when we return on the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Discover the future you at Centenary University. Visit an upcoming virtual information session to learn more about flexible degree or certificate programs online or in person through Centenary Choice. Centenary offers small class sizes, individualized attention, thousands of dollars in scholarships, classes just for returning adults, and new programs including public health, computer science, supply chain management, and certified financial planning. Learn more about how you can earn your degree on your busy schedule. Centenary University. Discover the future you. At RWJ Barnabas Health, we have a passion for heart health. With the largest adult and pediatric cardiac surgery programs in the state, a heart transplant program that's top 15 in the nation, a partnership with Rutgers Health, the latest technology and medical advancements and nationally renowned care for every heart in every one of our communities. Whoever your heart beats for, our hearts beat for you. Let's be healthy together. Visit rwjbh.org heart. All right, so the most important series of the season is upon us. The Patriots and the Bowie Bay Sox meet for six in Bowie. It'll be 635 starts Tuesday through Thursday. Friday starts at uh, 705, Saturday back to 635. And then an afternoon game on a Sunday, 135 start now that we're into September. Mark, this is a really important one, but before we break down the series itself, let's kind of take a step back and set the stage right now Akron has the top spot in the AA Northeast League with a 62 and 39 record Bowie is two and a half back at 59 and 41 now the Patriots are just a half game behind Bowie for that final playoff spot and Portland has fallen well behind Portland sits two and a half games behind Bowie. They dropped five of six this past week against Reading, and they just might have taken themselves out of the conversation. Yeah, that was a shocking result. I mean, we were keeping our eyes pretty frequently on that series, as well as the Bowie-Erie series from last week. And, you know, we had talked so much. I mean, when Portland was in town and on podcasts preceding that series and in podcasts after that series, talking about how Portland had a favorable schedule to finish off their season. Well, they are struggling against that favorable schedule. Uh, they've had two series uh, recently, one against the Binghamton Rumble Ponies, another this week at home against Reading, two teams that find themselves uh, below 500 on the year. 
and uh, especially Reading, who still finds themselves 20 games below 500, but dropping five of six at home when you're in the midst of a playoff picture, uh, you, you can't do that. And Portland's got a tall climb ahead of them, despite having a favorable end to the schedule still. Uh, I know that they play Hartford at least one more time, but um, you know that was a, they put themselves in a really difficult position dropping five of six against the Phils. Well, and also keep in mind, too, a number of teams have some makeups to be played here down the stretch. So with Portland in mind, they're starting not a six-game series, an eight-game series against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Now, the Patriots are only playing six against Bowie, but Bowie, after they face Somerset, has seven games against Harrisburg and seven games against Altoona to close out the season. So the Patriots are just one game back in the loss column to the Bay Sox, but Bowie has two additional games that they'll be playing down the stretch. Just an important note to kind of keep in mind here. Yeah, well, I mean... Putting that all together, we know that Somerset is only going to play at most 119 games this season uh, because they had a game against the New Hampshire Fisher Cats all the way back in late May that was outright canceled and, and never rescheduled. Uh, it looks, correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon, I think Bowie is still on pace to play all 120. Uh, so if that's the case, then we know that Somerset and Bowie probably can't finish off the season with a uh, in a tiebreaker scenario. Uh, so if that's the case, then you start to look at all right. Well, who's who does Bowie have left on their schedule? And you know the uh, the big series against Harrisburg over in Harrisburg is on the road. Uh, but Harrisburg, you know, they're a team that's struggled right now. They're 23 games below 500, and then they finish up at home against an Altoona team that might not be fighting for a playoff spot anymore because they had a, a, a rough series this week at home against Richmond. Uh, but that Altoona lineup is still very dangerous. They got Rodolfo Castro back. And and now you're looking at that lineup of like Jiwan Bay, Diego Castillo, Rodolfo Castro, O'Neal Cruz, Mason Martin, Jack Sawinski, Kanan Smith and Jigbo when he comes back as well, Cal Mitchell, Matt Frazier is a big prospect for them that was called up. That is a stacked lineup, so that's not going to be an easy final series for the Bay Sox. As we hone in on this upcoming series, Somerset and Bowie, just to start August, split a six-game set, and in fact, the Patriots won the first two before dropping the middle three, and then, of course, history made that Sunday with the Patriots' first ever no-hitter, but what are some of your recollections of that series just a couple weeks ago well I mean you start with the no hitter and uh, what a magical night that was for the Patriots but you also have to remember there was a number of rehab appearances that week for Somerset and you know an argument can be made one way or the other on whether that ultimately helped the team or whether there were some scenarios where it kind of split up some of the mojo and might have hurt the team Uh, the argument that it helped the team uh, you can look at what Luis Severino did and his first game, you know, he struggled against the Bay Sox, but uh, in that final game on Sunday, he spun four electric, perfect innings en route to uh, the Patriots' first no-hitter in franchise history. Uh, so there certainly were some uh, standout performances. Chris Gittens was playing in that series as well. He, at one point, had a big home run. Um, but I'm looking back, and, you know, there's some players that played in that series against the Patriots that are no longer on the roster, and the big one is Adley Rutschman. Right, you know, he's the number one prospect in all of baseball, and we saw it on full display. He was a very, very impressive player, and he's not on the Bay Sox anymore. So Bowie has still played pretty well in his absence, but you know, looking at some of the guys that were here that are still on the roster, none of them in that six-game series hit above 176 
against the Patriots. We're talking about Patrick Dorian, uh, Cody Grenier, uh, Johnny Reiser, Kyle Stowers, Zach Watson, uh, all of them hitting below 200 in that week against the Patriots. Zach Watson had a home run and four RBI. So the players that are still with the base Sox that Somerset saw uh, the last time around in early August, those were all players that struggled against the Patriots. I mean, we could go back to to some of those games and some other standout performers. Uh, you could look at somebody like uh, Diaz, uh, who had a couple of nice games. Uh, Seth Mejias Breen, a former big leaguer, uh, he's not on the active roster for the Bay Sox anymore as well. Uh, so there are new names, at least from a uh, from a position player standpoint. Uh, from a pitching standpoint, the biggest name and the most impressive name and one of the best pitching performances we've seen from an opposing pitcher coming here this season was Grayson Rodriguez. Uh, he only went four and two-thirds innings because he was held on a pitch count uh, when the Patriots went up against them in that early August series. But one hit, uh, one walk, no runs, nine strikeouts. And Summer said we'll see him, I believe, only once this upcoming series. In fact, um, just got texted the, uh, the probables uh, for that series. It looks like Grayson Rodriguez is going to pitch on uh, on Friday, and in fact, uh, looking at the uh, the probables, uh, Mickey Janis, the Patriots are going to see him twice. He's a former Atlantic leaguer, played with the Long Island Ducks, a knuckleballer. So that'll be an interesting element uh, in this series as well. So you know, I guess that's my long-winded answer of what I'm <laughs> looking for this week. I think it's really important to just take uh, on another second. I know you mentioned Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez. Now Rutschman got the call up to AAA just after the series ended here in Bridgewater, but he was the top prospect in all of baseball, and Grayson Rodriguez is one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. So it's not just that Rodriguez is having a really good season, but his ceiling is the highest of uh, just about any minor leaguer. It absolutely is. And, you know, we saw the electric stuff, the fastball, you know, we've talked about Luis Medina and what his fastball can do. Grayson Rodriguez is right up there as well. Uh, I, I believe Baseball America put out some sort of post. First of all, the Baltimore Orioles organization is ranked as the number one you know, minor league pipeline organization uh, in all of baseball. So they've put together, they've done a really good job. Now, they're the beneficiary of some really tough seasons at the major league level. That helps. That has put them in a position to have some well-drafted players. Of course, Adley Rutschman being a, a former first-round draft pick, but... They've still put together a lot of talent in that organization. So, you know, Grayson Rodriguez and Adley Rutschman at one point were the top position player and top pitching prospect in baseball. And Somerset ran into both of them in that first week. I mean, Adley Rutschman, he hit 273 against the Patriots, had two home runs, four RBI, uh, played in all six games. And he's no longer uh, a part of the uh, a part of the current Bowie Bay Sox roster. So uh, certainly a decent amount of turnover. Badge of the Patriots will see Patrick Dorian, who they only saw for three games in that series, and he's been more of a middle-of-the-order bat for Bowie across the entire season. Kyle Stowers, a uh, significant prospect. Uh, he had, he just had a uh, big home run the other night for the Bay Sox as well. So it's certainly not going to be an easy series by any stretch, and when Rodriguez is on the mound, uh, that's always going to be difficult. But you know, this is a Bowie Bay Sox team that is a bit vulnerable, and Somerset coming in, possibly with some momentum after the way they won on Sunday's game. It's going to be a fun series, and uh, you know we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. 
Patriots need to take at least four of six to hop buoy uh, by the time the series is over, although you'd be probably a little more comfortable with five of six, certainly, because Bowie has a couple of those extra games to make up, as we talked about. What do you think Somerset really needs to do to get off to the hot start, but also carry over consistency? Because we haven't seen a lot of consistency in the second half of the season. They need to hit with runners in scoring position. That's the uh, that's the number one thing that they need to do. I mean, we saw them come from behind on Sunday, and they won the ball game seven to four. But despite winning that ball game, Brandon, uh, they still did not record a hit with a runner in scoring position. They had the six home runs. Five of them were solo home runs, and then uh, the final one was a two-run shot hit by Oswaldo Cabrera, uh, but that came with a runner at first base. So Somerset was 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position on Sunday, and uh, I believe you have the stat. They did not record a hit, I think, over the final three games of the series with runners in scoring position, and you just can't keep that up. Like, if you want to win games, eventually you're going to have to find big hits, and you can only rely on the long ball for so much. Eventually, you're going to have to find ways to put together rallies and come through with a big base hit where there's a runner at second base with two out in the inning to either cut a deficit or add to a lead or take the lead. Uh, So if they're able to start hitting with runners in scoring position, that'll go a long way because we know the pitching staff is going to put up fine performances, uh, and we know that there's going to be times where the bats come through with the power. So you know, filling in those gaps with runners in scoring position would go a long way to help this team. That number mark over their last three games, 0 for 29 with runners in scoring position. And you also, when you look back at the last series, just quickly... They had two extra inning games. Remember, you start with the place runner and second. They didn't score in either one. That can't happen over this next week. But a really important one for Somerset. They head to Bowie to take on the Bay Sox in a six-game set. First pitch Tuesday through Thursday set for 6.35. Friday starts at 7.05. Saturdays back to that 6.35. And Sunday to close out the series, a 1.35 start. One uh, one programming note to make on Thursday's broadcast, uh, the Rutgers football team will have their series or their season opener. Uh, so Thursday night's ball game will not be broadcast live on 1450 WCTC. Uh, we are currently working on a solution. Uh, probably some sort of third-party internet streaming platform we'll use uh, for that game alone. Uh, we'll have more information once we get there, but I wanted to make sure we made a note that Thursday night's game will not be broadcast on 1450 WCTC. But every other game you can catch on WCTC, Mark Schwartz will be there to have all the coverage. Pre-game starts about 20 minutes prior to first pitch. We're not done yet, though, on the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. A special treat. Somerset has had one of the top pitching staffs in all of minor league. League baseball this season we sit down with the leader daniel moscos patriots pitching coach when we come back the patriots and pinstripes podcast is brought to you by td bank td bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog we've got you covered just order a new debit card through the td bank app then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank, N.A. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. Green Knoll Golf Course, located in Bridgewater Township and less than five minutes from Route 22, is the original Somerset County Park Commission course. 
Since 1960, golfers have enjoyed the rolling layout with slight elevation changes throughout the course. Greendale Golf Course also features a nine-hole pitch and putt course with holes ranging from 40 to 100 yards. Call 908-722-1301 or visit greennolgolf.com to book a tee time today. Hey, Patriots fans, Brandon Pelter sitting down with Patriots pitching coach Daniel Moscos, one of the best pitching staffs in all the minors this season. We'll get into it a bit, but I want to take a step back. Looking over the last year, year and a half, coming in new to the Yankees organization, what was it like? I mean, two months in, now you're working with these guys remote. What was that adjustment period like? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think everyone can attest to 2020 being kind of a whirlwind. Uh, it was definitely a year of just adjustments and adapt on the fly. Um, it was, you know, really, really exciting to get down to my first spring training as a coach, um, you know, get to, you know, get on the field, get in the trenches with the guys. And then, you know, a month and a half later, the plug gets pulled, um, you're sent home and you're left wondering, like, are we going to have a season? Do we reconvene? What what ends up happening from here? Uh, it ends up going to like a fully remote type training situation. Um, and so as I already previously stated, we just made the adjustment, adapted on the fly and, um, you know, hit the ground running with the guys and just push development from from the remote perspective. And um, I think you're seeing kind of the fruits of the labor uh, play out this season. Now, you've mentioned in the past you had a group of about 15 or so that you worked with. What was it like building trust with them? I mean, you were relatively new. And how did you also kind of keep competitive juices flowing, keep guys getting better? Um, fortunately enough, I had, you know, half about half the list of uh, guys that I had, I had worked with down in Florida for that month and a half window that we were there. So I built a rapport, um, at least with some of them. And then the the second half of that group, it was, you know, getting on phone calls with them, getting on Zoom calls with them, um, and just, you know, <laughs> having icebreakers and continuing to build a relationship. Um, because like the way that I do things, it, it's not always baseball. We're not just talking baseball. I'm talking with guys that are taking classes, guys that are working jobs, guys that, you know, are dealing with family issues, things like that. Like it's kind of a, a full scale uh, type initiative that I run because I think you have to build that trust. Like I'm going to be having to ask guys to do things that are out of their comfort zone. And so I need to build that trust with them so that they have that buy-in and they trust me to, you know, that I'm not just saying something that that's meaningless. Like there's actually value to, to what I'm trying to get them to do. So um, I think that that goes a long way. Um, but, you know, it was it was really a successful and productive offseason in quarantine time. As we turn to the 2021 season, this team has had one of the best ERAs throughout the entire season and all the minors toward the tops and strikeouts. I mean, the numbers just continue. What has it been like working with this staff and who are some of the notable names that you've had the most fun working with? Uh, really, the, as notable names, I mean, everyone. Um, you know, obviously there are bigger success stories than others, but um, again, speaking to like what I do is like, I take a vested interest in everybody. Um, you know, I try to develop everybody. I try to build the same relationships with everybody, um, and, and have that rapport and that trust. And so every bit of success that these guys have had, like all the credit goes to them. They put in the work. I'm here to just guide them on their journey. Um, but it has been an absolute blast. Um, you know, part of the reason why I got back into baseball on the coaching side is, you know, I didn't really get the developmental scope when I played. Um, I missed out on that because baseball was just kind of stuck in the, you know, their old school times and their old school ways. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that no player went without that. Um, and so that's kind of like what drives me, what motivates me. Uh, and so seeing like these guys make adjustments, find a new pitch, sharpen up a current pitch, like when you see it just like click and that like pure joy on their face, like that's the fun for me. It's just like seeing like 
what I missed out on and them getting to capitalize on it, like that's what keeps me showing up every day. For a lot of the fans and even myself, a person who's close enough to the game but will never be at the level that you're at, what is that process of making adjustments while guys are still going out there every couple of days to appear in competitive in-game opportunities? Uh, for me, it's just the lowest hanging fruit approach. Um, you know, find out what's the you know easiest or you know possibly easiest attainable thing adjustment that they can make that drives the biggest results. Uh, and once you check off that box, you move on to the next one, and and so on and so forth. Um, so it it does take some digging on your part. You know, you have to go through our software and find out like where are guys struggling, where can they be better, and essentially just work on what you're not good at. Um, and you know, find ways to make easy adjustments and implementations and go from there. Just last night, Glenn Otto was your fourth big leaguer of the season that made his major league debut. Luis Heel in the mix, Steven Riding's a guy who kind of came off the radar and absolutely shoved here in double A and, and uh, did really well in the bigs as well. Elvis Peguero earlier this week. What does it mean to see your guys on that big league mound and also Glenn five shutout innings? Yeah, a uh, special place in my heart for all those guys. Um, you know, they're the first crop of guys that I've gotten to work with that have gotten there. Um, you know, so proud of them, especially Glenn. Um, you know, it hasn't always been pretty. Uh, when he first got here, he was going through a lot of different things. Uh, and man, did he just like work his tail off. Uh, he's always been a hard worker. He's about the right things. I mean, consummate professional on and off the field. And so to see him go out there and not just like get there, but also have the performance that he did. I mean, he'll remember that for the rest of his life. And that I'll probably remember it for the rest of my life too, just because, I mean, it was, it was that impressive and just to for how far he's come in such a short period of time is truly amazing. And while it feels like it was months ago or maybe even a season ago, there was the first no-hitter in Patriots franchise history, I guess a couple weeks ago. Um, what was that like from being in the dugout to the post-game celebration? What were all the emotions and running through your mind throughout that day? Uh, well, it's amazing that that was only a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it does seem seem like it could have been months ago um, as we get into August and early September. Uh, the season kind of grinds out. But, I mean, truly, again, one of those unforgettable experiences. Um, been a part of a couple no-hitters, um, you know, on the minor league side. And, you know, they're cool as a player. But when you're in charge of the pitching staff and they throw one, like, it's even, I think, even cooler. Um, especially when a guy like Luis Severino uh, is involved and, you know, he's missed a couple years of baseball. Like, even he was happy and celebrating. And, and I think that that's really special because, like we said, he's, he's pitched at every, every level. He's pitched in some of the biggest games uh, for the Yankees over the past few years. And to see him excited about a double-A no-hitter is really, really cool. Uh, and then you have a bulldog like Sean Simple comes in and throws four innings. Um, and then Ron Marinaccio closing it out. I mean, it's you saw the guys celebrate like you saw how happy they were uh i share the same exact emotions like it was just really really special moment daniel there are a ton of top names in this patriots team and throughout the yankees organization but out of some of the pitchers that you worked with there are a couple names that you'd like to spotlight for patriots and yankees fans to really know going forward to kind of look out for here in the future shoot that's a loaded question um you know it's you never know how things are going to work out, so you know take this with a grain of salt. Um, but you know, guys, I'll I'll stick to probably guys that I had this quarantine shutdown in off season. Um, you know, guys like Ron Marinaccio, Jansen Junk, um, J.P. Sears. Um, you know, those group of guys like they made such significant progress. They put in so much hard work over quarantine and you know Wesneski as well sorry I failed to mention him Wesneski as well I mean these are all guys that were working jobs taking classes 
Um, you know, it wasn't just like they were showing up to a gym and training. Like some of these guys had to go throw at a public park and throw balls against a bathroom wall because things were shut down in their area. Facilities were closed down. These are guys who absolutely had to grind it out and make it work, find different places to train in between working jobs and taking classes. And I mean, like I said, all the credit goes to them. I was there to help them along the journey and, you know, just to see the gains that they made to see it play out this year. Like, again, truly special. Daniel, I really appreciate the time. Uh, good luck down the rest of the stretch. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. TD Bank is changing the game with curbside debit card replacement. Whether your debit card was lost in the couch or chewed up by your dog, they've got you covered. Just order a new debit card through the TD Bank app. Then you can walk, bike, or drive up to your nearby TD Bank to score your new card. Now that's the MVP treatment. TD Bank, proud sponsor of the Somerset Patriots. Member FDIC, TD Bank NA. Curbside pickup is only available for personal debit card replacements. In uncertain times, you need someone who has your back. That's why Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey health plans have the benefits you need. Telemedicine, so you can see a doctor anytime, anywhere. Mental health professionals available 24-7. Virtual ID cards and more on your phone. We'll help you find the plan that covers it all. Because everyone should feel like someone has their back. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey is here when you need us most. Now and always. Everybody's season is nearing a close. Let's check in with the rest of the Yankees affiliates on how they're doing down the stretch. The Tarpons were on the road this week, taking on the Clearwater Threshers, the low-A affiliate of the Philadelphia Phillies. After Tuesday's game was postponed due to wet grounds, Clearwater and Tampa played a doubleheader on Wednesday, which was swept by the Threshers, 13-6 in Game 1 and then 6-4 in Game 2. The Tarpons came back with a 9-4 win on Wednesday. They tried to play another doubleheader on Friday, but because of inclement weather, they were only able to play one game, which was won by Clearwater. The Tarpons bounced back and swept a doubleheader, though, on Saturday, 9-2 in Game 1 and 6-5 in Game 2 behind strong pitching by Blas Castano. Castano went six innings, allowed two runs on six hits, only walked one, and struck out eight in the 6-5 victory. At the plate... Cooper Bowman, Jason Dominguez, and Trey Sweeney all had terrific weeks for the Tampa Tarpons. Bowman and Sweeney each hit a home run and drove in five runs, while Dominguez was 6-for-18 at the plate, a 3.33 average, and seemingly is breaking out of a mini slump that he had at the beginning of the month. Tampa wraps up its seven-game series with Clearwater this afternoon. It's a noon first pitch at Baycare Ballpark in Clearwater. The Tarpons are 67-32 and this season, Good for first place in low A Southeast West by six games over the Bradenton Marauders. With this look at the Tampa Tarpons, I'm Joe Vasile. In a year of first for the Hudson Valley Renegades, the team made their maiden voyage to North Carolina for two weeks, first meeting with the Winston-Salem Dash. The Dash, in last place in high A East South, weren't intimidated by the first place team from New York. Elijah Dunham tied Tuesday night's game with two outs in the ninth inning, but a two-run homer by Evan Skaug in the 10th gave the Dash a 6-4 win. On Wednesday, Josh Macieski, Charlie Ruger, and Frazier Perez held Winston-Salem to just three hits and a 4-0 win for the Gades. Jake Sanford homered and drove in two. Thursday was one of those games to forget. 
Winston-Salem rushed out to a 3-0 lead, but the Gades tied it on a three-run homer from Luis Santos. It all fell apart from there as the Dash scored eight times over the next three innings for an 11-4 win. A hallmark of the 2021 season for Hudson Valley is that they have not lost a series yet, but that was put in danger on Friday. The Renegades could only muster three singles in a 5-2 loss to Winston-Salem. Mitch Spence took the loss, allowing four earned runs in six and two-thirds innings. The outlook brightened on Saturday as Beck Way made his debut for the Renegades and the right-hander allowed three runs over five innings to earn the win as Hudson Valley took the contest 9-4. Anthony Volpe hit the second pitch of the game out to left for his ninth home run of the season as a member of the Gades. It's his 21st home run overall. Andres Chaparro added a three-run homer as well. The Gades look to tie the series with the Dash on Sunday before heading to Greensboro for the first game of 12 over the final three weeks of the season. The Grasshoppers are a game and a half ahead of Hudson Valley in the battle for the second playoff spot in High A East. That's your Renegades recap. I'm Rob Adams. Heading into play on Sunday, Scranton Wilkesbury's won four out of five so far against the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. SWB's put together wins of 5-2, 10 6-0, 11-4 and before dropping a 12-inning game on Saturday night. A major factor this week has been the bat of Kyle Holder. Six hits and 15 at-bats, including his first-ever AAA home run. 3-2 pitch, Holder swings and drives it high and deep to right field. Randolph back, and that ball is gone. The first of the season for Kyle Holder. And the Rail Riders go up 9-1. to one. Holder has also driven in four runs this week, tied for second most on the roster. The infielder's home run came on Wednesday night against Eniel De Los Santos, one of the best pitchers in the Philadelphia Phillies minor league system the last couple of years. The Rail Riders infielder missed six weeks earlier this year with a knee injury sustained during the opening homestand of the year at PNC Field. I came back and I thought it would be, you know, I'd be able to just jump right back in and feel good, and that wasn't the case. So I dealt with a lot of struggles as I came back, working on just the whole trust factor of, of cutting left and right on the infield and obviously the timing hitting and stuff like that. So it took a lot longer than I expected, but I'm, I'm getting back to, to who I was, and it's feeling much better day after days go by. Scranton, Wilkesbury, and Lehigh finish off their series on Sunday, off day Monday, and eight games over six days against the Buffalo Bison start up Tuesday night at the ballpark in Music. With this look at the Rail Riders, I'm Adam Marco. All righty, so a pivotal series for Somerset make or break time as we enter September. Hard to believe we're already there, but this is... Uh, one of the last series for Somerset. They'll take on the Bowie Bay Sox this week, Tuesday through Sunday. You can catch all the coverage, except for Thursday night, on 1450 WCTC and WCTCAM.com. Mark Schwartz will be there. But for the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast, that's it for this week. For Mark Schwartz, I'm Brandon Pelter. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Patriots in Pinstripes podcast. Each episode is aired on the Voice of Central Jersey, 1450 WCTC, and WCTCAM.com with online versions made available on podcast streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. Please consider giving us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the show. The Patriots and Pinstripes podcast is written, hosted, and edited by me, Mark Schwartz. It is produced by Jack Myatt, Ginny Ott, and the entire team at 1450 WCTC.